Welcome back to another episode of The Educator's Life in General. I am excited to have our guest this time, um, a longtime friend of mine, former educator, but she has an amazing story that I want to share. And um, without giving too much information, we go back to the beginning of our educational journey. In, in uh, what is the word? Coincidentally, we met before we even knew that we were going into education. And we met at a game night when we first uh, moved back to the Dallas area and coincidentally saw each other a few months later at, I believe, the orientation of mm -hmm. the same school district starting in our new teaching roles. So it, it's just interesting how we started out. And we're still rolling. That was back in, what, 2008, I believe? So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, my good friend and former educator, Nena Ume. Thanks for being oh. here. And no problem. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Nena, and um, like Nadisha said, I am a former educator, and I am currently a realtor in the DFW Metroplex, and I've been doing that. I left the classroom in 2014, and I have not looked back. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's slow our roll for a second. <laughs> because I like to preface this, this podcast with the fact that I am not promoting people to leave education. I am here to encourage people to explore opportunities to supplement their income while they're still working in education. But if it happens to flourish and you decide to leave, then we we totally respect that. So that's why we want to hear your journey. But don't be recruiting people no. to just leave education now. We trying to encourage <laughs> I actually encourage people to keep their full-time jobs and do real estate on the side. Okay. Well, let's go through that journey then. Okay. So can, you, can we start from the beginning? Um, so you mentioned that you left education in 2014. Can you talk about your role and how you went from working full-time to even starting this side hustle? Um, yeah, so I uh, started working as a math teacher. I was a sick, I started sixth grade math teacher and I became an eighth grade math teacher. So I did that for five years. I actually was, got licensed in 2012 and um but I wasn't trying to be an agent. So on the side, what I was doing was I was learning about investing because I wanted to build some form of wealth because I know retiring on TRS um, is not really going to suffice in your older years. So I was like, well, let me at least invest. And, you know, people get wealthy off of properties. So I got my license, was learning, and um, was just doing... Uh, rentals on the side so you can make an extra if we're talking about side hustles what you can do with the license is you can help the teachers rent apartments or help friends what rent apartments or um do leases um while this is something that's not too time consuming while you're making lesson plans and doing saturday schools and doing all this other stuff so it was a way to make an extra maybe two 
thousand dollars a month, which wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. So you can make some money without it being too much of a hassle, especially if you work with teachers, because when you get off, they get off, and there's you know it's not like you they're expecting you to do a, so much so many things during the day. Unlike someone else outside of the nine to five, they may be like, well, you work too much. You're not going to be able to help me, but it, it's a side hustle you can do. So anyway, I um was just got my license. I was doing that. I was looking for a house for myself also. And then I heard that agents can make money. <laughs> so that was the, the turn that happened in oh. 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you basically were doing both full time editor mm-hmm. and the realtor on the side for two mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Prior to leaving. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so did you feel prepared to leave education and go straight into it, or how would you recommend a person go into that transition? Um. So. It depends. Do you have a second source of income? Because I was, I'm not married or I wasn't married at the time. And um, I didn't have a second source of income. So I saved up um, six months worth of living expenses. Uh, I had to do a lot of mental preparation because you're going from something stable to unstable. I had to, I had to learn a lot about the industry. I didn't just like up and leave. Um, I had to learn a lot. So those two years were really preparation for me to be confident enough to go out there. And then I always, the thing is what I told myself at the time I was 30, I was like, schools aren't going anywhere. Teaching jobs aren't going anywhere. (laughs) If I fall flat on my face, there's going to be a teaching job waiting for me, you know? So it's like, it's either now or never, because if I didn't do it then, being single and not having much, you know, responsibilities is the best time to kind of go out there on your own and see you kind of fly versus having, you know, knowing that you have kids to take care of or a lot of household expenses. It's a little bit harder to, to just go out there cold Turkey. Right. But something you didn't mention though, you prepared by saving a significant mm-hmm. amount of money. So even if a person was in a position where they did have dependents or or a spouse, mm-hmm. um, it just sounds like that would be great advice, even if they were single, to save up. And, oh yeah, you know, just to have that cushion, because I can only imagine leaving the stability, like like you said, that's a, that's what keeps a lot of people in education that stable check. Hmm. And not taking that risk. So, um, Don, I want to backtrack for a second. So when you were working full time mm-hmm. and hustling on the side, how did you balance the two? Um, you know what? Uh, I will say this. When you put energy in one thing, it takes away from another thing. So I was doing um, all my research and looking for houses and on my conferences. Um. Yeah, so, but I did notice I stopped kind of because I was putting so much more energy into real estate. I kind of started falling off on the teaching side. Like, my lesson plans were late. I was just giving the kids quizzes because, you know, that's when they just quiet. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, quiz today, pop 
quit, you know. Um, so I, I, so I had to like pull back to make sure like the one that pays me, the job that pays me, is the one that I'm um, paying attention to. Um, so the main thing was when, and then when I got the last school I was at, we got out at two thirty. So it was a little bit easier to, you know, still be able to do work and to not be late, you know, start working after work. So once I got to that school, it wasn't as hard to balance. And then you also can control how many clients you take on and different things of that nature. So it wasn't too hard to balance. But if you put a lot more energy into your side hustle, you kind of lose focus on your main job. I could totally see that because both seem to be pretty demanding. You know, yes. working in education, you wear so many hats. There's a lot that could kind of fall by the wayside if you are focusing on something else. So mm-hmm. I could totally see that, especially if you get excited and kind of have the mindset of, um, this is the next step. Mm-hmm. And I think be doing this time. Yeah, right. Try not to check out. Yes, exactly. Especially if you're not really getting paid yet. (laughs) Yes. That's the thing, too. I was going to ask, like, did you have a mentor at that time to help you with the real estate, or did you really just tackle it on your own? No, I had a mentor. Um, The broker I was with was, he was guiding me because he is. It was small world coincidence. He was a teacher in the same school district, or he was a retired teacher in the same school district. And he had acquired 30 properties. So he retired. He was trying to set me up to similar, with remain a teacher and just acquire properties. And so by the time you retire, you get your retirement check and you have properties that are paying you every month. Talk to me more about that. So what he told me was he started when he was 29. He partnered with another teacher, another coach. He was a coach. And they started flipping properties. Um, they, you know, made, you know, took the cash and then started acquiring rental properties. So I think he eventually disbanded. And then he ended up with 30 properties by the time, I think he was 60 maybe. Um, so he has 30 properties throughout the DFW. Um, he acquired a lot of them for under 50K because he started, you know, 30 something years ago. Um, and that's it. So he told me it's mailbox money. So one day I went to his house and it was probably the third of the month, second or third. And all these checks came through his door because he had one of those mailboxes that are where they come up to the door and it's like a hole in the door. Right. And so he was like, this is mailbox money. And so that's what he did. He had acquired all these properties. Some of them were paid off. He used line of credit. He basically schooled me on how to build a rental portfolio for retirement. Wow. Mailbox money. Mailbox money is what he called it. Every month between the first and the fifth. And I mean, as an educator, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he got his TRS check as well as mailbox money. 
Okay. So how would you recommend an educator go about finding a mentor if they want to go to real estate? See, mine is by, I, it, how I met him was just by serendipity. I actually called on a property that I was trying to, I think at the time I was just renting. And he was like, have you considered buying? And then I was like, mm. so he just kind of talked to me. I told him I'm interested in investing. And so I just met him by accident, <laughs> you know. Um, but if someone, if I think everybody knows a realtor. Um, so they can reach out to their realtor friend and say, Hey, can you help me do this? I want to do that. Or, um, the other thing I was doing before I got my license is I went to meetup.com and just went to, um, investment meetings and there'll be a speaker there that you can connect with. There's other people in the audience that are investors. There's, um, I was going to the, uh, women in women who invest or there was a, a women's real estate investing club and it was a small group so you could connect with people. Um, so there's all different ways you can, hi, you know, some mentors you can pay. Some people just mentor you. Um, so there's, there's multiple ways and you can join Facebook groups too, that deal with investing and ask people, you can be a shadow on them. If you're serious, you can find a mentor. Wow. That's really good advice. Like that answer, but that's really practical advice. Um because I wouldn't know where to even tell a person to start looking for a mentor. Because I mean I also have my real estate license. We got our licenses around the same time and I did not get the mentor and I am not full time realtor <laughs> but <laughs> I had a lot of other life stuff happening as well but having a mentor in any industry or any type of business endeavor is going to really catapult you um, into actually being profitable faster and so especially in the real estate market with all the changes and ups and downs and things like that you don't want to dive into it without any guidance because you'll waste a lot of time and money and so what you Sharing and I think that's really that's excellent um, guidance and advice. So, um, real quick, what other side hustle suggestions would you share? Um, because I know you you've done other things as well, but real estate was your main avenue out of education. But do you have any other suggestions that might be uh, ideal for educators? Um, outside of real estate or yeah, within or outside, just some options. Okay. If you have your license or you get your license, you can also be a referral agent where you, so if you know someone like me who's full-time or you have a full-time realtor friend, if there's a teacher who needs their house listed, you can say, Oh, I'll refer you to my, you know, I have a referral partner and you just collect 25% referral fees. You can do that with your license. Um, let me see. You can also do the similar thing if you get your loan officer's license. You can collect referral fees, or you can also do that on the side. Um, and those pay anywhere between, I think, maybe 
5% to 1% mm-hmm. of the loan amount. Um, I could be wrong on those numbers, but anything extra, you know, added to your teacher salary is, is great. Um, of course, every teacher knows they can tutor. Um, you can do Turo on the side. Um, what have I done on the side? Consulting, anything that you, you know, if you had a previous career in something, you can do consulting on that thing, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. You can also go to, what was that school website? If you, um, out school, you can go to out school. I haven't done it, but I've seen um, articles of teachers who have done it and been successful. I feel like there's actually so many things you can do. You can sell um, life insurance. Mm-hmm. You can sell. You, we all know about all teach. Most teachers have been uh, under this sensi <laughs> sensi trap. <laughs> yeah, that wave. <laughs> <laughs> that wave of makeup you know the mlms um the good ones mary Kay, those type of things and i would just say for the one thing is um do something you're you're interested in you know if especially if you're doing something that's online you can write online books you can become an influencer a teacher a teacher influencer you can start a youtube channel and you get paid per views. I mean, there's so many things you could do. That's true. That's true. Um, and you're right. Like, it's just about sticking with it. Like, choose one thing, stick with it, and stay focused. Because going down the rabbit hole of all the different ideas is a thing. And I'm, I've been a product of that. And so if you really want to make some real profit and progress with something, just pick one thing and stick with it until you actually make a sale or make some kind of, you know, influence or anything with it before you bounce around to the next thing because you you know the same jack of all trades and master of none. You know, you just waste a lot of time. So that's mm-hmm. my two cents just from my experience. <laughs> but um but yeah, definitely it is possible to Start a side hustle while working full time because people do it all the time. And we really need to be prepared. Everyone knows my soapbox is preparing for retirement. You have to supplement the TRS for Texas, folks. You have to supplement your retirement pension. You're going to have to because it's not going to be enough for you to live that lifestyle that you deserve to live after you retire from education. So that's really the you know, the gist of this conversation. I really appreciate Nina joining us to share her insight and her journey because it it just lets you know that it is possible. And I mean, when I tell you Nina is successful, this lady is <laughs> the truth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Motivates me every time I talk to her. Definitely. I have big plans. I have some big plans. Big plans, big goals. I'm all about that. So, did you have any final thoughts you wanted to share? You shared a lot. So, uh, um, I would say just um, just know that you can do it. Like, believe in yourself, and don't short sell your talent. Like, if you can create education games that your kids like, sell it. Mm. <laughs> you know? 
whatever you're talented at, so if you make candles, sell them on Etsy. Mm. You know, I would say don't don't underestimate your skill set, your talents. Love that. Love that. Well, we're gonna leave on that positive and encouraging note and um thank you again for being our guests and um until the next episode stay encouraged keep pushing you are valuable and we appreciate everything that you do as an educator so until next time take care bye all right bye. bye thank you thank you